Hello and welcome to the Utah Film Pod. My name is Josh Terry. I will be your host today and I am joined as always by Mark Larocco. Mark, how's it going? It's going well. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. It's been it's been an interesting week, kind of a busy week, lots of random things going on. Technically, I've got spring break next week, but uh, you know, when you're teaching online and doing other random things, I don't know. This, it's, it, it, it just seems weird to me that spring break is like the first full week in March. You know, it is weird because a bunch of school districts have it the middle of or the end of March, and then our our kids have it the middle of April. Ours is really late. Right. So. Well, and I knew that there was always going to be like an offset between like higher education and kind of like your normal K through 12. But it still seems like even for higher education, Weber Spring, I mean, I'm not complaining. I mean, I kind of like traveling in the off season and stuff, but uh, it is just kind of, it is a little early. So uh, mm-hmm. now, now you were telling me you did something kind of fun. Yeah. You want to tell us? Yeah. Last, since, since, last since, week. You know, spring break isn't movie related, but your story is. Yeah. Last week, I, my wife and I went to a Bravenel Hall on Friday night and we saw an American in Paris. Um, and it's a 1951 musical that uses the songs of Gershwin um, based on a short kind of an American in Paris thing that Gershwin wrote um, in the 20s. And so a lot of songs you've heard, probably heard before, like I've Got Rhythm and, you know, we're in this. Um, mm-hmm. And it was great. It was it was uh, um, it was the best picture winner for 1951. So it's you know, we're in Oscar season now. We're only actually about a week away, like a week and a half. Um, right. And uh, that was, I think it won like six or seven that year. Uh, Gene Kelly was awarded a special Oscar. They like created one for him for all that he did in this movie, <laughs> which... Do they call it the Gene? I, I don't know what they call it. So they used <laughs> to do that more. They would just come up with an honorary Oscar all of a sudden. Sometimes they would do it to yeah. like a child actor or... Like the first, I think the Bicycle Thieves got one before they started doing like the foreign film Oscar. And so it's kind of interesting because this movie came out in 51 and then Singing in the Rain, which is also a Gene Kelly musical, and he Mm -hmm. co-directed it and of course did the choreography and starred in it, was 1952, very next year. So he had quite a, like a two year period and, and that one wasn't as big of a hit and it wasn't a, like an Oscar winner. And ended up being considered now, you know, 70 years later, the greatest movie musical ever made. I was um, going to say, it's got quite the reputation it's, these it's, days. Yeah, it's got the reputation. I mean, when you go to the AFI list, it's number one in the musicals. It's like in the top 10 of all time greatest movies. And Amer- American in Paris is usually not that high on the list, but still. And it wasn't as good. In fact, I've seen Singing in the Rain at a Bravenel Hall too. and But it still was quite... Quite good. I mean, it's amazing that you can watch something that's 70 years old and it's still compelling and fun and funny. Uh-huh. There were a lot of good jokes in it. There, there's a very kind of sardonic, uh, cynical character who's a pianist who, who lives in Paris. And he's played by an actor. And every time they showed him playing, I think his name was Oscar Levant, like he really looked like he was playing. I was like, wow, that really looks like this guy's <laughs> playing. And so after I had to look it up when I got home and I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, he's a, he's a concert pianist and an actor and a comedian and a talk show host. He was kind of this guy who did everything. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was, it was quite enjoyable. Uh, you know, the live, the orchestra played along, you know, with the music and um, yeah, that's a good fun. time. That's cool. That's cool. I, I, I love it when, you know, when different 
you know, venues and, and organizations will come up with kind of fun, unique ways to, you know, I, I, I know I've been to the organ loft a couple of times where I've watched the guy, you know, play the organ oh. along with the old silent films and stuff. And, you know, I saw the, I think I mentioned earlier, I saw the Harry Potter movie oh. with the, with the symphony at a Bravenal hall. And that would be so, and so that stuff's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so I did see a new movie this week. There were a couple of new sports movies coming out this week. One of which I saw, one of which I still have yet to catch. Uh, the one I saw is a movie called Champions, and it's directed by Bobby Farrelly of the famous Farrelly brothers, who uh, they're the guys behind uh, Dumb and Dumber, and if there's something about Mary and Shallow Hal. Um, now, Bobby Farrelly is the director of Champions. His brother Peter was the one who directed Green Book, which I thought was kind of interesting. I was doing a little bit of research on these guys before, uh, before we recorded. And Champions is the story of a down-on-his-luck uh, professional basketball coach, a guy named Marcus, who's played by Woody Harrelson. And he is, uh, because of a DUI and various issues with uh, his professional career, he winds up coaching a team of Special Olympic athletes in Des Moines, Iowa. And he, he basically has to coach this basketball team for 90 days, I think is what his term is. And... You know, just knowing that, you kind of know what the movie's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say that as a good thing and a bad thing. You know, this this is a fun movie. I actually did kind of enjoy it. There are a lot of really sweet things about this movie, and it's something that I think, uh, you know, for for its faults, it's it's still worthwhile in a lot of ways. Um, but one of the one of the weak points is that, like a lot of sports movies, it's very predictable. You kind of know going in what the you know what the outcome is going to be and. And this this is very much a a redemptive character arc story where Woody Harrelson's character, he's very selfish, very self-centered, kind of a win-at-all-cost type of guy, very, very combative. And so it's the the sincerity and the the purity of his team and, and, and in helping to get to know them and help them with their different challenges is what's going to soften his heart and, you know, make him a better person. Uh, there's also kind of a side romance. Uh, one of the one of the players has an older sister, played by Caitlin Olson, uh, who uh, acted for many many years in uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I felt a little conflicted watching this because there were some things that were really really sweet and and very genuine. And you know, you you put this team on the screen. And it just, you just smile. In fact, one of the things I thought was kind of weird about it was when you would watch them playing in their games, they're the team you want to cheer for, but you also sympathize with the other team as well because they're all Special Olympic athletes and you just like... Yeah, you want them just, all to do well you know, and be happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's just this positive vibe. And so, so that was a little bit uh, out of the ordinary, a little interesting. Um, but unfortunately... You know, I, I can't rank it among my all-time sports movies just because, you know, the the direction, the script, I think some of the dialogue and stuff, some of the execution, like, uh, they, they have a couple of, because, uh, because Woody Harrelson's character is a professional coach, he's known well enough that he'll, like, turn up on SportsCenter every once in a while, like, they'll do, story, uh, they'll do stories about him. And so they'll have these exchanges between... Um, uh, Jalen Rose and uh, who's the the main Sports Center anchor these days? Guy Scott Van Pelt. 
Yes, yeah. yeah. So they'll have these exchanges between them, and it's it's kind of one of those those weak uh, efforts to shoehorn a lot of uh, exposition and things in. And so, so on the one hand, it's a sweet movie that you just kind of think, oh, you know, this is this is a positive story and this is uplifting, and so you want to encourage people to see it. But you know, at the same time, you kind of have to acknowledge, yeah, it's it's not the best executed movie out there, and it's certainly not the you know going to be one of all time great sports movies. Um, but I, I I'm leaning towards giving this kind of a three stars out of four landing because the the positives outweigh the negatives, and maybe I'm just being a softie on this one. <laughs> maybe I mean <laughs> you think so? Well, and and you and you think too, like you want a sports movie. I, I feel like. The sports movies are filled. They should be feel-good movies, generally. Like, yeah, I get that right. there's sometimes they're not, and sometimes the ending isn't what you want, but I sort of compare the genre of sports movies to romantic comedies, to where we actually want a formula. Sometimes we complain about movies mm. being too formulaic, but there's a certain, at least, the bare bones of a formula that you sort of want for it to be a genre romantic comedy or a sports movie in, in a, lot of, yeah. a lot of times, so... Yeah, I could I could see that. I I do plan to see that. I've really liked a lot of the Farrelly Brothers or either of the Farrelly Brothers movies, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, and this maybe I'm just thinking of Shallow Hal, but it seems like well, yeah, because Stuck on You I think was a little this way too, where they they I think that one of their objectives, or at least kind of one of their consistent themes, is they kind of want to stick up for the little guy, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 so they're known for doing that. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know if Dumb and Dumber would count in that in no. that effort or not. Uh, that but, that uh, one I don't think counts. And then also the <laughs> one they really got criticized for, I remember, was me, myself, and Irene, because it mm. sort of made a joke out of like uh, multiple personality disorder. Was okay. it, it didn't really look at it sympathetically? Maybe like some people thought, but yeah. there were. I mean, mostly they do cast people with with disabilities in in their movies and. And they'll yeah. often try to portray it in a way that, like, they're involved, they're included, they're participating in the movie. And, yeah, I mean, so, um, but, yeah, Champions, I mean, and I'm kind of going back to that again, I mean, they it sounds like they cast a lot of, is it people who have Down syndrome, is that right? Some of them. Some of uh, them. I think, I think some of them are kind of, like, autistic on the spectrum. I know there's one, there's one character who has one of the, one of the primary subplots who... Uh, has some some mental limitations because he was in a car accident. Mm. Um, so w- yeah, so basically one of the subplots is there is a a really gifted player who doesn't want to play for Marcus, and it's connected to his past. And so oh. kind of figuring out how he wound up in his circumstances is, mm. is part of the plot. And so it's uh, yeah, so it's it's really kind of a, a variety. They don't spend a whole lot of time going into it. Um, it's really just kind of like here are these these special Olympics athletes and you know and they're just like I say it's just kind of a lineup of of various heartwarming personalities and mm-hmm. and so you know it's it's hard like I said what's what's weird about it is that it's very obvious that you want to cheer for this team but then when they're playing another special Olympics team because at one point they have to play a, a kind of a more dominating team who's supposed to be seen as kind of the intimidating, uh, like the, the heavyweight of the, of the league or whatever. Mm-hmm. And what's weird is like, you know, there's, there's special Olympics athletes too. And so it's kind of hard 
to see them as quote unquote the bad guy in in that kind of a yeah. sports movie dynamic, right? Because there's usually the the rival or there's the you know the you know the the, the playing the the villain antagonist role. It, mm. You know, it's just it's just different. Um, but yeah, so overall, I would say, you know, worth checking out, and uh, it's uh, got some got more positives than negatives, but I don't think it's going to wind up on your all-time sports movie list um speaking of which uh and and you know we were kind of going back and forth on this in in our text exchange but if there was ever a subject that merited a movie draft it would probably be sports movies Mm -hmm. and so um now i mentioned that there were two movies that came out this week i have not seen creed three yet yeah. Um, so we'll have to see how that how that measures up. Um, but with sports movies on the mind, and uh, you know, we just we just took care of the Super Bowl a little while ago, and I guess we're getting ready for March Madness now, right? Yeah. So probably the biggest the biggest immediate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how about we take some time and do a do a sports draft? Yeah. Um, Let's do it. My my only hesitation in doing this now is that. I think it's your turn to go first, isn't it? Is it? Okay. All right. I believe it is. Okay. I think I think so. So so what we're gonna do, and and just you know for, you know for the sake of our dear listeners, um, we decided ahead of time that in doing our draft we're gonna do the the five five each. So you know starting five, I guess you could say, um, but we're gonna limit this to dramatized films not necessarily i mean i think they could be based on a true story but um there are so many really good sports documentaries that it kind of felt like i don't know i mean you you think the same thing right i mean it seems like it's kind of a separate category Mm -hmm. that you know might might be worth its own discussion some other time yeah so so we're gonna stick to the uh you know the dramatized fictional or you know, inspired by a true story based on a true story type thing, okay. not sports documentaries. So no hoop dreams is mm. what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Which would make the list of the best sports yes. documentaries. Yes, sure. it would. Yes, it would. So, you know, put a, put a, put a, no, what a, a pin in that. Pause. Okay. But I put a pin. In, I was I'm trying to think of the, I don't know, man. <laughs> okay. I can't think of this stuff. That's all right. So, so yeah, so let's get on with the draft. I think Mark, uh, let's have you lead off and, uh, yeah, get ready to, I'm guessing you, there's a really good chance you're going to steal my favorite movie. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. It's for me. There's really only one choice, and it's Rocky. Um, yeah. Is that your favorite? Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, trust me. There, there are there are a lot of great sports movies out there, but mm-hmm. I don't see how anything could go number one overall. Yeah. Aside from Rocky, so go I, ahead. I and, mean, uh, I'll talk about it for a minute, and we can we can talk about it because it is it's it's sort of the all timer. It's the classic. It's it started a huge franchise. It's still going to this very week, as you mentioned with Creed three, and right. Um, it's the only one I can think of. I, there may be another one, but oh yeah, I guess Million Dollar Baby. So it won Best Picture in nineteen seventy seven right. for the nineteen seventy six movie year, and yeah, it was kind of one of these movies that Sylvester Stallone. Um, will it put him on the map? You know, and it, it wasn't his very first film, but. He put his heart and soul into it. He wrote it in a very short period of time, and um, 
he you know he's of course the star of it uh um, mm -hmm. and uh anyway it's a great it's just like such a good movie because it's it's like sort of the ultimate underdog movie in a lot of ways and it's a formula that gets followed a lot too like where maybe somebody yeah. has had their time or they've had their chances and maybe haven't made the most of them so they're an older athlete you know mm -hmm. um and and then they they get one shot or they get a chance to play in in the big league so to say or to play for the big uh you know in a big title bout and um from the very opening bell you know of that movie where rocky streams across the screen and you hear that that triumphant uh, uh the horns playing the you know the rocky theme and i mean it's it's so good um he his and and even just his acting like it's hard to imagine him as anything else. I know he's done a lot, but and you know Rambo. I guess he's done a bunch of Rambo movies, but he is Rocky to me. Sylvester Stallone, yeah. you know, the way that he slurs and his mouth is sideways, and um, the the relationship between him and Adrian is just so funny because it's like ninety five percent Rocky talking and five percent Adrian. I mean, you remember how yeah. some of their conversations are, he just won't shut up and, you know, yeah. she won't say well, a word. Well, and that's, I mean, that's that's why they're such great foils, yeah. right, is because he he really likes her. He's trying to get her out of her shell, mm -hmm. and she's so kind of closed down and, yeah. you know, and without a lot of dialogue, it's a great performance. Talia Shire, yeah. you know, who was in the first, uh, well, the first couple of Godfather movies. Actually, well, I think she was in all the Godfather yeah. movies, technically, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh no, she's she's fantastic. Um, no, I, I I hear all kinds of, you know, kind of the the legends and the stories behind Rocky, where, you know, he wrote the script because he's he's actually a very you know Stallone's a very good screenwriter, um, but the condition on him selling it was that he had to play the lead role, and I think that was a big obstacle for a lot of people. But mm -hmm. he stuck to his guns, and that kind of made his career. You know, he, uh, believe it or not, I have seen one of his earlier roles, he has a small supporting role in an early Woody Allen movie called Bananas. Hmm. He actually plays a, uh, he, he uh, roughs up Woody Allen on a, on a subway. Oh, okay. But, but yeah, I mean, Rocky was the one, I mean, that, that really is ground zero for his career. And, you know, you got Carl Weathers in there playing Apollo Creed and just, yeah, such a fantastic movie. And, and, you know, I mean, I, I guess we've kind of, decided that we're going to have to you know when we're talking about movies this old it's it's kind of a spoiler yeah i know that's one that appropriate in fact because well he because he loses the final match okay well i'm glad you said that because yeah that because that's that's what's so classic about that's what's so unusual about it yeah yeah he goes the distance but he loses and it's funny like my my dad tells the story because i my parents were married that year the year it came out in 1976 and they went and saw it and he t he tells me it's one of the best movie going experiences he ever had, and the crowd was getting into it, like the crowd was cheering, and the crowd was like getting pumped up, like they're at a real sporting event, you know. <laughs> and and at one point, my dad turned to my mom, <laughs> and he said, "If Rocky loses, I'm never going to another movie," which of course <laughs> he does go to movies, but you know, it was so yeah. it was so that was sort of a surprise. I mean, that was sort of a letdown, but you realize, well, it wasn't because he he went the distance and. There's, and that, there's, was, that was the goal. That was the goal. That was the goal. And that, there's some really great scenes where he just surprises Apollo. And Apollo knows he's in for it. He's in for a battle. And he didn't think he was going to be. You know? Yeah. yeah. So it's it's really cool. Because you are. You're cheering him along the whole way. Um, great. 
Yeah. Great, great movie. So that's my nice. pick. So you do not get to pick Rocky. Of course, there are 15 <laughs> to 30 other Rocky movies, and there's a lot of other and, good ones. You on know, as, as I was considering this, because, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I, I, I remember that you had to, you know, it was your turn to go first, and I thought, man, well, <laughs> You're, I'm gonna I mean, lose should, I pick, should I pick Rocky 3 just for the sake of including a Rocky <laughs> movie, or could I really put Rocky, th- you know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I have a soft spot. In fact, I think Rocky three was the first one that I saw. Mm. And that's, that's another other thing that I think is kind of fascinating about the series is how, how there's such a stark difference between that first movie and all of the sequels. Cause the sequels kind of became their own thing. Yeah. Know, like three and four and, and, you know, a lot of two, but, uh, but that first one, I mean, it's a real, real, there's, there's nothing cliche about it. Mm-hmm. It's it, it really is kind of the, the beginning. So, okay, enough of that. You you claim it. You win. Yes. Uh, might as well end it. Just, I mean, I won the draft. Well yeah. You know, everybody, thanks you. You know, if you're if you're on iTunes or wherever you're at, give us a positive rating. And yeah. Um, okay. Well, so since you took Rocky, I am actually going to take another movie by the same director oh. that did not win Best Picture, I but I believe that both movies also had soundtracks by Bill Conti. Mm-hmm. If if I'm thinking correctly here, yeah, and I'm gonna go with the Karate Kid from 1984, yes. I believe, with the uh, yeah the, which is really just a prequel to Cobra Kai mm-hmm. these days, yeah, the Netflix series. No, no, the Karate Kid. I mean, it is one of my. It genuinely is one of my all time favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and and another, he, and he does win at the end. He does. He yeah. does win at the end. <laughs> it, even even though the. Uh, the legality of his win is questioned in later. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, just because I don't know, you could, you, we could, we could debate that another time, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, so Karate Kid, you know, I was going to say it's another underdog sports movie, but honestly, I don't know that I can think of any non-underdog sports movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't really make movies about sports. You yeah. Know? Overdogs. I don't know what the what the opposite would be, but um, anyway. So so Ralph Macchio, uh, who had been in uh, The Outsiders previously, uh, shows up. He he and his he and his mom's mom's a single mom, and they move out to the West Coast. And uh, he starts in this school and somehow winds up in this valley where everybody's obsessed with karate. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, the, honestly, I think of The Karate Kid as my definitive 1980s movie. Mm. Um, I know it won't be for a lot of people, but I was young enough that I did not see a lot of the John Hughes movies. And so for me, I think Karate Kid really kind of embodies that 80s aesthetic more than anything. Um, so, yeah. And, uh, you know, so, so uh, Macho's character is named Daniel. He moves, moves to this new town. Uh, he winds up uh, kind of getting involved with the ex-girlfriend of the leader of the local karate gang, played by Billy Zabka, uh, and it's kind of a bullying situation, and Daniel winds up uh, learning karate under the tutelage of uh, Mr. Miyagi, the uh, the local, uh, the, uh, the handyman who works at his apartment complex, and, you know, there's a montage and there's romance and you know there's there's a great song called you're the best by joe bean esposito that that's one of our song it's one of the songs holly and i sing to each other like jokingly sometimes but i, I love it oh, i'm sure it's sincere I'm i mean sure it's sincere but it's just you're the best around yeah nothing it's it's a good one 
So, so if I can't have Rocky, I will take solace in the fact that I can at least claim the Karate Kid, nineteen eighty four. Okay, because there was what was it, twenty six? When when was the other one, the remake? Oh, the of of uh, Karate Kid. You're, yeah, you're, um... the the one with uh, Will Smith's kid. Oh gosh, when was that? I don't know. I I want to say it was like around oh nine or. 10 or I, I don't yeah. remember i don't yeah. remember the year. i never actually saw it yeah i saw all three of the original so the so there was karate kid one in 84 and then there was part two and part three mm-hmm. and then there was the next karate kid with hillary swank mm-hmm. which i did not see and then there was the remake with jaden smith, smith yeah and which i did not see and then there was cobra kai the mm-hmm. netflix series which takes out which which catches us up with daniel and johnny yeah 30 Thirty something years later, years into the future. Yeah, I and I so. liked the the all three of the original. I mean, the three you know the first three Karate Kid right. movies. Um, right. Uh, okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna stick. <laughs> in, Moving along. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, what else is there to say about Karate Kid? It's like you said. It is funny how the valley that everyone there is obsessed with karate. It's just such a big deal to everybody there. But mm-hmm. I really do like the Pat. Uh, Pat Morita, is that his name? Oh, yeah, Pat Morita. Pat Morita character. It's such a cool, like, little weird friendship that they, well, you know, mentor-mentee relationship that Mm -hmm. they have, but also friendship. And, um, yeah, he he does such a good job in that, uh, just with catching the, what was it, the fly with the chopsticks. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Making it work. Yeah. Yeah, that became kind of cultural touch, you know, wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. Yeah. And and before before we move on, we, we do need to move on, but I think one of the other things that I love about the movie is that it's one of those ones that works very, very well on the surface as kind of your traditional underdog, you know, like slash 80s movie. But watching it as an adult, it is so much fun to kind of see the movie through different eyes, and especially with the whole Cobra Kai series, to realize that, you know... Daniel, he's not as innocent as you might think. And and I think one of the fun parts of the movie is just kind of seeing that it's not as two-dimensional and, and you know, routine as you might think. Yeah. Because honestly, the kid creates a lot of his own problems. Mm-hmm. But but uh, anyway, yeah. let's uh, let's move on to our, our next picks. All right. We're still kind of sticking old school. Um, I mean, we're slowly wor- working our way up to modern mm-hmm. times, but I'm still in the 80s. Um, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go with a movie from 1989 that I also saw in the theater, like The Karate okay. Kid. I didn't see Rocky in the theater because I wasn't alive yet. Um, it's Field of Dreams, and ah, there you go. That's a great one. Um, I if you build it, he will come. Uh-huh. I mean, you, do you remember that whispered kind of mysterious <laughs> thing that leads to this guy in Iowa? Uh, you know. The, the, like uh, living among the cornfields, just building a baseball park. It's, it's such a weird premise. I mean, it's such a weird, it almost doesn't feel like a sports movie at, in some ways. Um, but cause it doesn't have like a team that's trying to get better or a player who's in a competition. And, you know, it's, it's a family guy. It's about a guy who's sort of reconnecting with his past uh, through, through baseball and is kind of ordered or, inspired to just kind of do some odd things um such as building a field building a, a baseball diamond in, in his cornfield and then um summoning you know the baseball players from the was it the 19 
1919 White Sox. Yeah. I can't remember the, the well, uh, team, yeah. but, you know, teams. For, te- Shoeless Joe Jackson. Right, right, yeah. And Ray Liotta's yeah. in it, and, uh, you know, and then, like, just, it's such a magical movie. Like, it, mm-hmm. and um, it was Kevin Costner the year before he, he kind of hit it with Dances with Wolves, where he won Best Director and yeah. Best Picture. And, um Still going at it strong, you know, with the, with Yellowstone, which I think is in season right, five, right? Um, and so, yeah, that's that's just that's one of my favorites, and it's kind of interesting because it's one of those movies that I think, for how much I I really admire the movie, I think I've only seen it once. I think it was I oh, saw yeah. it in the theater, and not when you hear it's not one that you hear about in the culture anymore. Like people don't really talk about it, but I want to show it to my kids. I mean, I, I do want to yeah. watch it again and. It's kind of a plan there, and plus it's PG, so I I, I know it's yeah, right. fairly safe. Um, it's really hard to find PG movies nowadays. I don't know if you've noticed, but they just don't make them very often. Um, right. Well, and when they and, do make them, they don't. I don't know. They not, almost seem kind of dumbed down. Yeah, some of them are. If, if that makes sense. There's not very many like, adult. I mean, appropriate for kids, for families, but adult PG movies. They're just they're just yeah. not that many. You know, well, it all. almost seems like with anything that is intended for adults, even if the content isn't that strong, it almost just kind of defaults to a PG-13. Right, right. It, it almost seems like PG is just kind of exclusively, exclusively reserved for, you know, movies intended for kids that are a little bit too much to give a G, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of the way I've been... Yeah looking at it and and i know field Field of dreams is a great one i would have seen it i was about 12 when i saw it i mean and i was a kid but i i enjoyed i feel like i got the whole storyline and just like sort of the dad son moments it you know really hit me and i'm sure as a as a dad now it hit me in a different way seeing it Mm -hmm. you know um but just just uh yeah really cool really cool movie um I didn't think, I mean, I, as I was going through my list, it, it took me a minute to kind of come to that one, which is funny because, it's, again, it's a movie I haven't really thought of in a long time, but I can't, other, well, than, other than Rocky, I mean, I can't pick any other like movies ahead said, of this. I think, I think, like you said, though, it's it definitely qualifies as a sports movie, but the sports, that's not the point. Right, the sports right? is it's not the like point. It's almost like a sports-adjacent movie. Yeah. 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 And so, so it absolutely qualifies but and and this this is kind of something that I think you 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 brought up is that the story's really about a father and a son mm-hmm. like that's really what the movie's getting to even if it doesn't kind of make that clear on the surface right away and and I I'm feeling more and more inclined based on a couple of movies I've thought about and talked about um and, and like kind of rewatched over the last little while we're going to have to do a fun fathers day episode where mm-hmm. we talk about those kind of movies because there's there's field of dreams is one of a few that i think kind of fall in this category so we'll have to yeah. put a pin in that one as well um but yeah field of dreams great one um and that opens me up to go with hoosiers for my pick number oh, two. Oh, that would have been because, my next um, one okay yeah yeah no this yeah. one uh i want to say a couple of years earlier more like 1986 if i'm remembering correctly yeah it you was got, uh, gene hackman so so like champions this is a coach who is down on his luck uh gene hackman i think he uh his character had actually been fired because he had i think he had assaulted a student or something or uh, assaulted a uh uh because he was like a high school basketball coach or maybe mm-hmm. he was at college when he got had the incident anyway yeah 
long story short, he winds up at a little hickory high in Indiana and uh, just, you know, another, I mean, uh, uh, you could see that this is the interesting point, right? Is that you could argue that this is kind of your routine underdog cliched story, but is Hoosiers one of the movies that kind of set the mold for this yeah. kind of thing, right? Because it's a small, it's a small school. In fact, I think that, uh, you know, they're, they only play with like seven players for most of the season mm-hmm. because, you know, cause some of the guys refuse to play, you know, for the coach because he's such a kind of hard nosed guy and doesn't take any flack. And, you know, there's a, uh, there's another, there's a, like the Jimmy Chitwood, I think is kind of like the phenom who also doesn't want to play for the coach. You know, I'm, I know I'm seeing some similarities. I was to of that. When, when about you this. mentioned champions, I thought of that with, with, uh, yeah. With Jimmy. yeah. Um, and so they kind of have to fight their way all the way up to the, you know, the state championship and all along the way the kind of some of the local people are trying to get, uh, I'm, can you remember Hackman's character name? Um, I don't remember it either. Anyway, you know, so so everybody's kind of against him, and they're they're trying to get him kicked off and get him fired and all this kind of thing. And so he has to kind of fight his own battles while the kids are fighting, you know, not on the court and then in their lives as well. I mean, one of the one of the, um, the kids on the team, uh, his father is played by Dennis Hopper, uh, who's uh, fighting alcoholism, and and so there's some pretty serious drama behind there. It's a great, you know, it's 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 a drama. It's very much kind of a sports movie about people. And that's what makes it really resonate is that, you know, you have these really great characters and, and as you see them interact and grow and, and of course I think, you know, the, the basketball scenes and that plot is, is a lot of fun too. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, it's, I don't know. I mean, I think it's gotta be the, the big basketball movie. I mean, I, I can't think of any basketball sports movies that would take its place yeah. in that regard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh man, I uh, I love that movie. I'm actually kind of surprised I w- I didn't pick that second because I I have that one and I've seen it since. And I um, there's so many just little perfect touches, like when they measure the 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 height of the basketball yeah. hoop in that that giant uh-huh. gym that they go to, and even when Gene goes and uh, Gene Hackman goes and visits. Um, Jimmy, you know, trying to convince him to play and it's sort of a long shot for a long time where yeah. Jimmy just hits every shot. Like he's letting the coach talk to him and he's just <laughs> shooting around and he's not missing a single shot. And you could see right. like the gears turning in the coach's head. It's like, I got to get this guy. We got to get him on the team, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of cool scenes. And then, yeah, I remember even the alcoholism because I, I saw that. I mean, I was pretty young. I It was 86. I saw it in the theater. So I was probably eight or nine. And 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 it's just that sort of cringy, embarrassing scene where, because I I believe Dennis Hopper plays one of the players' dads, right? Right. And he, right. so he's an assistant coach and a player's dad, and he, like you said, he's battling alcoholism, and he he comes to the to one of the games drunk, and you know it's yeah, just you just feel bad scene. for him, and yeah. his son has to help usher him out, and he, uh, you know. I, I I just feel like I could spoil the whole thing, but yeah, Gene Hackman does some <laughs> things to help teach him a lesson and sort of up his responsibility for the team. Uh, the mm-hmm. you know Dennis Hopper character, um, yeah, great movie. Well, and I I believe I believe that part or a lot of the inspiration for Hackman's character was supposed to be Bobby Knight. Like I think that this is supposed to be 
Hmm. I at least the Bobby Knight ESPN thirty for thirty documentary suggested as much. Okay. So if you trust the documentary Well it was Indiana, but it's based on a true story of an Indiana high school. I think it's Milan High School that had that happen. I mean in the movie, like you said, it's Hickory High, but there was a small just a podunk high school that won a state championship in like nineteen fifty or 51 it's in the 50s yeah Yeah. and and so i i think it might be one of those sort of like loosely based stories i don't remember but it yeah there it's supposed to have some truth well my i think i think what it is is it's probably that's that's the 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 story that inspired it but they but they kind of had bobby knight in mind when they were designing the character of the coach Hmm. because it there's there's a lot of there's there's some some good and bad similarities there yeah, for sure. It's funny when so, I when I wrote when I just was brainstorming like my sports movies. Just when you, when we talked about doing this draft, that was the first movie I wrote down was Hoosiers. Yeah, but yeah. you you got it. So let's see. So far we're at I've got Rocky and Field of Dreams, and you've got Karate Kid and Hoosiers. Yeah, all these movies are from seventy six to eighty nine. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm going to be going modern here. Um, okay. Gosh, I have two that I. I want. You're you gonna break into the '90s. Well, we're gonna see here. Um, okay, I, I think I'm gonna go with. Um, okay, yeah, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Miracle. That's a that's a that's a movie. That's a, another one of these inspirational movies. Mm-hmm. I may take I may I may veer off beaten path in a bit here, but I, I'm sticking with like this sort of classic. Uh, I mean, this is this is a true kind of the ultimate true underdog story, and I think this one hews closer to real life maybe than any of these other ones because um, this is the story of the 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team, Olympic right. men's hockey team, right? Uh, coached by Herb Brooks, I believe, played by right. Kurt Russell, right? And um, where he takes a bunch of amateur, uh, you know, college hockey players, and they defeat the world superpower. Which was the world superpower in, I guess, more ways than one. Um, and, and the way that the country felt at the time, you know, at the end of the Jimmy Carter presidency, the height of the Cold War, probably, where Russia was just this behemoth to be feared. And not, not just in hockey, but in many ways, you know. And, but it was symbolic of more than just hockey and more than just sports, which the Olympics yeah. often is. Uh, you know, it seems like every Olympics, there's some story that really isn't about sports, even though it is on the surface, or it's it's sure. about more than sports because it's about a nation. For example, well, Russia, not, you know, they were they were uh, penalized pretty heavily at the, the Olympic, I think it was the one before the last one, and their uh, athletes couldn't use the Russian flag or, or you know, um, I think they, I can't remember how they did it, but there was some sort of penalty there. But anyway, with this movie, um, it's sort of the recreation of, of how that team came together and how this coach, and I remember, I think uh, Kurt Russell has to do this Minnesota accent, you know, that, that's pretty strong. <laughs> well, right, um, because aren't all of the team, like basically the whole team comes from Minnesota and Boston, right? Mm-hmm. Like, isn't yeah. that kind of the... I And I the, think the normally like in the Frozen all... Four, a lot of these college hockey teams are always those teams. Like Minnesota, Boston, you know, that area is where a lot of those best, the best players are, best yeah. teams. And so, 
yeah, I mean, a lot of the movie is like training montages, how the team comes together, how they don't, mm-hmm. some of them don't get along and some of them do get along. Um, and then they, uh, but yeah, they have to defeat Russia and it's not even in the gold medal game. It's in the semifinal game. Um, yeah. Um, and you know, and they're a come from behind team and, and it's funny because I, I think one of the reasons that I, the movie so impressed me is I'm actually not a hockey fan. I, I don't have a team. I don't watch hockey. I watch yeah. tons of, of basketball and, and football, um, little baseball. But I, I don't know if I've ever, like, in my whole life seen a hockey game start to finish uh, other than oh, when yeah. I've gone to the USU. You know, I, I've seen the live say. game. Um, but, yeah. like, on TV, I don't think I've ever watched one start to finish, which is weird. And I loved this movie. Well, uh, it's it's weird and it's not. I'm gonna I'm gonna just interject and say I don't think hockey is a good TV sport. I've never I because whenever I've seen highlights on TV, oh yeah, or seen any any hockey it, on TV, what happened to being there in person? Right. It is because honestly, I've only been to a handful of hockey games in person, but they are among some of my favorite sports mm-hmm. to you know like sports uh spectator experiences so yeah it just i don't just it just doesn't translate as well so i don't i don't think you're alone in that observation yeah it's it i mean that's how i feel but i've i've been i i was the same way i've i've been i went to a game i went to a couple of games and it was pretty fun it's pretty fast yeah. moving action and um I mean, you got to be really athletic, I feel like, to be able yeah. to do all that while you're skating. Because I can hardly yeah. ice skate and do anything else at all. Uh, so it's, but yeah, the movie's great. It's a 2004 movie. So it's I one know, of our newer I reviewed picks. It. I reviewed it when you were my editor. Oh, I reviewed okay. it for The Statesman. Yeah. That, was, that was one of the few good movies I saw that year. Great movie, yeah. <laughs> and I, I ended up buying that one. Um, like Hoosiers, I, I own it. And uh, that should probably become part of the rotation so yeah absolutely absolutely good choice that was that was on my i kind of had my you know kind of like we've done before i had kind of my top tier list to choose from and and miracles for sure on that one um i'm also going to go with one that i think came out a year or two later not too much later um i'm going to go with friday night lights Mm. this is I, i believe is our first football movie Oh yeah, interesting. And uh, well, so I will usually think of this one in tandem with um, "Remember the Titans" because I want to say they came out either the same year or pretty close to each other, and I know that there is a lot of fond adoration for remember the titans in fact i have students who write reviews about that like every pretty much every semester yeah um because it's just kind of such a family favorite i think friday night i think friday night lights is better i um yeah it's one of my all-time favorites um i think it's much more i mean i I don't want to just talk about it in comparison to remember the titans um in its own right friday night lights is a fantastic movie and a great sports movie uh, it is the story of a high school football team in uh, West Texas, and and basically the concept, the idea here is that this is a community that has so little going on, or just is is in such kind of 
circumstances that an inordinate emphasis is put on the local high school football team. And so there's just all kinds of crazy pressure on all of these, these poor teenagers because all of the adults around them in their entire community is, you know, kind of building their lives around the exploits of this, this high school football team. Um, so on the one hand, you have what the team is doing from kind of week to week and, you know, as they're trying to get through their season. But then most of it is really about, you know, the different players and the different challenges that they have. And, you know, they're, a couple of them are trying to qualify for scholarships so they can go on to college. And it's really going to be their only chance to go to college. Um, others just kind of have, you know, troubles at home or, or different things going on. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton is the coach. Um, and, you know, he does, a, he does a great job. You know, because he's got to, he's got to do his job, but he also has to fend off all the local boosters and, you know, the media and all this kind of thing. And um, it's not, not only is it one of my favorite sports movies, um, it also was later adapted into one of my all-time favorite TV shows. Um, if you've ever seen the TV show Friday Night Lights, which uh, was with uh, Kyle Chandler took mm -hmm. over in the, the coach's role. Um, that is a fantastic TV show. Uh, I think it went for five seasons. Uh, one of the, now it was not the first thing because we were talking about Creed, where we mentioned that Creed three is coming out. So Michael B. Jordan, um, that was the first thing I saw him in was, oh. uh, was Friday Night Lights. Although I want to say that he, he kind of broke out, um, in the wire which I have not seen. I've heard so much about The Wire you know, that I did not. Yeah, I've was, seen... Was he in that? He was in that. Um, it, yeah, it's a rough... It's such a hard thing to watch. It's so much swearing. And I've seen about the first season and a half of it. I think it's a five-season series, and it just got is to it? be too much for me. But I, it is brilliant. I mean, it's great, but it's... Uh, but then I think Parenthood was before that. Did you ever watch Parenthood? He played the daughter, Peter Krause's daughter's boyfriend in that. That's the first okay. thing I ever saw him in was, was Parenthood. Okay. Um, well, yeah, anyway. he did a lot of TV. <laughs> I mean, he's a big movie star and director now, right? He directed Creed III, um, ah. and he was in the Black Panther movies. But yeah, he started out in TV. But yeah, Friday Night Lights. Did you read the, the book uh, that it was based on? I checked it out of the library, uh -huh. and I think I started reading it. I can't remember if I finished it. I don't. I want to say that I did not finish it, oh. not because it wasn't good, but because I'm just too lazy. <laughs> I that was the recommendation from uh, Mike Sweeney at Utah State. That was one of his where he would assign he he recommended all these different like journalism books, like classic journalism books, mm -hmm. and we would do a report on them. And I of course had to pick the weirdest one by Tom Wolfe called the Electric Kool Aid Acid Test. But I ended up <laughs> I ended up getting that list and reading a bunch of them because I'm like. These are great books. And so I went through a lot of these like Hiroshima and Washington Goes to War. And, you know, I still have a few on the list I haven't gotten to, like The Orchid Thief and Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil. But this one, I do recommend it. If you ever if you ever get a chance again or you just want to yeah. pick it up again, it's, it's I awesome. I might have to give it a second shot. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that one, you know, just a... I don't know. And like I say, it's it's weird because maybe just because of the proximity of their releases and because so many people really love Remember the Titans, which is a little bit more. I mean, it's it was produced by Disney. And so I think mm -hmm. it has a little bit more of kind of a Hollywood sheen on it where Friday Night Lights just feels very almost, you know, they say that it's, it's 
you know, feels like a documentary and, you know, mm-hmm. just the, the handheld camera and, and feels much more visceral and real. And, you know, it, uh, it defies some, some Hollywood conventions and, and stuff. So I, I think it's closer I, to real too than remember the Titans, which came out yeah. a few years earlier in 2000. Is it, cause was it in 2000? Remember the Titans was, yeah, that Friday Night Lights so was when, in 04, 2004. But I had, okay. I didn't realize they were that far apart. For, in my mind, they came up the they same They feel so similar, just, but... Yeah. 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 Huh. Okay. Well, so yeah. So my... What is that? My third choice? Yeah. Oh, man. Third choice. Friday Night Lights. There's, Number four. What you got? Okay. I, I guess I'm just going to have to go with... Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, the Sandlot. Um, uh, <laughs> was that on your list? Uh, it's uh, on the list. Uh, I don't think it would have been my next choice, but okay. it is a great one, and I'm glad you picked it. Uh, yeah, it's just so fun. I, I we haven't. That's our first one from the '90s. That was a '93 movie, and um, I my there's actually a fair fair or carnival scene that my my aunt and cousins are in. They got paid to be extras well, in it. Uh, it was it filmed. Was, it was Salt locally, Lake. yeah, right, right, yeah, near Rose uh, the, Park. The pool, I believe, is up in Ogden, okay. where they did the the famous pool scene, which I to me was like the highlight of the whole movie. Yeah, when when the one kid ha- he like fakes drowning because he's got a crush on the Wendy Peppercorn or yeah, something. And, yeah, and he has to, he, he tries he tries to dupe her into giving him mouth to mouth. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, I hate to say it, maybe maybe this is why it wouldn't be higher on my list, but. All my favorite parts of that movie have nothing to do with sports. Uh huh. It's yeah. like all the peripheral stuff. Yeah, you know, it's it's like, more um, of a childhood movie. It's not as much yeah. of a sports movie as like just a, a reminiscent, a nostalgic movie about childhood. Um, yeah. And even from the movie, the point of view of the movie itself, like who, how it's told, you know. And um, uh, but I mean, you just you think about your but little it's, it's game. It's a sports movie, though. Yeah, it's a sports movie. You got your gang of kids that they've all got the nicknames. You you just are outside all day. It's almost like it's summer year round. I mean, there's so much of that movie that feels like it's a it's a like I said a childhood uh, restored movie or something. Um, mm-hmm. And they have uh, the, one of the things I like about it when you when you have a good movie that's that's kind of like four kids and from the kids' point of view. Um, you remember how, like, for example, they filmed the dog, the scenes with all the dog next door. Yeah. It's just like this huge monster. I mean, it is a beast. And, and until there's a certain camera angle you get, it's like this thing could be like 300 pounds and six feet tall. You know what I mean? And yeah. Because yeah. it's all this, how how would these kids view this? And and they think their life's on the line, you know, like that they're going to die. And, and, and that's part of where I guess the sport comes in because, like, they have to get their ball, the ball back and – um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of baseball in it and, uh, but just a lot of just fun, funny scenes that I, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I really appreciated. Um, it was, I mean, I've seen it a few times. It's not like a, a regular rewatch, you know, maybe a couple times and I didn't ever see right. the sequel. Um, so. Oh yeah. I, I haven't either. Hmm. Um, I can't say that. As much as as fond as I am of the first one, I can't say that I've ever felt a desire to go. I don't know. I think it's one of those movies that you don't need a sequel to. Yeah. So it's it's pretty much perfect as it is. Um, okay, so I guess if we're on a baseball kick now, 
Um, I'm going to go with The Natural. Oh, okay. I'm go back to the 80s. Um, Was that you know, 84? Uh, somewhere in there. Yeah. Somewhere in there. And you know what? I mean, I, I am completely open to the idea that I am biased towards the movies that I saw growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I have a hard time believing that They've these are not better. the movies that are going to show up on the, the all-time, most all-time sports movie lists. Um, the Natural, in particular, I mean, that's really such a, I don't know, this is, this is going to be a backhanded compliment. Um, and so maybe, maybe I'm going to be inspiring rage here, but... I have never been a huge baseball fan, but in a lot of ways, I think baseball makes the best movies. Mm-hmm. There, there are so many good baseball movies, you know, Sandlot and, and The Natural among them. Um, Natural is, you know, yet another underdog story. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Robert Redford playing kind of this, you know, he starts off as kind of this young phenom who's on his way up, has this tragic accident, um, uh, and then is out of circulation for, I don't know, good 10, 15 years, something like that. And kind of has his last shot, winds up trying to, you know, kind of get, find his way onto a, a team that, you know, you got uh, Wilford Brimley, I believe, is the manager. And, you know, he's kind of like, oh, how come you guys, you stuck me with this washed up such and such? And it turns out that he's just this fantastic player and kind of a, you know, a, a mentor and all this. And, there's there is such a sheen of nostalgia and kind of magic all over this movie um, that might be considered pretty cliche if it came out now if it wasn't for the fact that this is kind of one of those ones that really kind of started you know a lot of that at least at least from my point of view I mean there, I, I suppose that there as I was looking through kind of the best sports movies list I noticed that there were a lot of older ones that I've heard of but still haven't actually seen. Um, I've never seen Pride of the Yankees. Uh, I haven't, I haven't seen, either. uh, I know that, well, what's the, the Newt Rockney one, the one where, uh, uh, Ronald Reagan says, you know, win, win one for the Gipper. Gipper. Oh, what yeah. was that called? Um, I've never seen Brian. Is it song. like Newt Rockney all American or something? Yeah, like that? yeah. 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 So I have not, I have not seen some of those. And so I, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, pretend to be an authority where I'm not, but, but the natural was just a magic, magic movie. And, you know, I think it was probably one of the first Robert Redford movies that I saw as a kid. Um, that one and Legal Eagles. I always loved Legal Eagles, but that's maybe that's a discussion for a different episode. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, just this, that iconic, you know, <laughs> rounding the bases when all of the, the, the lights have been blown out and so they're showering sparks all over the field. There's just there's some just some really, really great imagery in that movie. And uh, that one has to be on the list. Has to be on the list. That's interesting. I I never really got that one, and that's the only one I didn't even have listed. I didn't even think of it. And oh, I know yeah. it's a big, uh, beloved, you know, classic. I mean, 1984 was just a killer year because mm-hmm. so many movies or great movies were that year. But for me, that was just not on the list. I don't know if I didn't. It, it just the magic didn't get to me like it was supposed to. I mean. Take the cover you're, off the ball. You were, too, and the you were too cold and cynical. I was too cold and cynical. Well, I guess I didn't see it then, by the way. I saw it years <laughs> later. I probably saw it in the early 90s or something. But anyway. I don't know. I just I just want to picture like a, 
what six or seven year old Mark sitting <laughs> no. in the theater going, <laughs> I didn't you know see what, it guys, then. sorry, I'm like, sorry, I'm out. Bob, I just I'm don't out. buy it. I'm out. <laughs> I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Give me some. What do, what do you got for me? Give me something better. I mean, I don't know. Like, so I am. This is kind of funny because I'm going to go a little different than I was thinking I'd, I'd go because I. I had another, I had a baseball movie potentially, but I don't want to have a whole bunch of baseball movies in a row. Um, so I'm going to go with a cross-country movie for my final Ooh, pick. Okay. Um, it's an unusual movie. I, I hadn't even heard of it. I saw it at a family reunion. Like My okay. mom or somebody pulled it out, and I was like, okay, I don't think I'd even heard of this movie. And it turned out to be surprisingly good. It's called McFarland USA. Yeah, just a couple years ago. Yeah, it came out in 2015. Um, Kevin Costner again, and he's a coach who loses, he loses his job because he lost his temper and he hurt a player and, you know, it had to move across country and go to McFarland, California. And he was supposed to help coach football there. And then he lost that gig, but he's still at the high school and he gets asked by the principal to organize cross country. Um, and he hadn't done that before. He hadn't coached that before. He, he, you know. Like some of these movies, you know, he has to switch sports. Um, and uh, anyway, so like it's 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 really inspirational. I mean, he he's dealing with mainly poor Latino kids. Many of them are they work as like pickers in the field and they you know, they've already got jobs and they're just barely scraping by and then running ends up being sort of they're they're quite strong at it and it becomes a lifeline for some of the kids and they're going to outwork any of the other schools they they compete against um and uh, apparently i believe that was based on a true story as well i need to double check that but um another i mean i i'm it's funny i'm looking at my picks and i guess other than the sandlot they're all kind of these inspirational sports stories and i consider throwing some of these goofy comedies on there and just none of them, I couldn't quite bring myself to do it, you know? So I think I'm when we're wrestling with the same problem right now, right? I think when we're done, I have a couple honorable <laughs> mentions I want to talk about, but yeah, I didn't yeah. really choose any, any comedies on, on my list. I mean, I know the Sandlot is, is a comedy, but um, I guess anyway, I, but McFarland USA is, is one of those picks you just don't see on a lot of lists ever. And so it's kind of an underdog movie that I like to recommend. Yeah, um, no, that was a good one. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, it's fairly new. You know, I like I like the the move, and I kind of wish that I could echo it with a similar <laughs> choice. You know, something that maybe people hadn't heard of. But I don't know. Um, if I'm looking at my top tier list, there are two movies left. One of which would fill that comedy void that we have not. Because I don't think any of the ones I've chosen have been like straight up comedies. Okay. They might be they might be funny, but they're not comedies. Right. And I've got one choice left that is a straight up comedy, and then the other one is an excellent excellent movie that I think I've only seen once, and so I almost don't feel like I'm qualified to pick it because I don't feel like I know it well enough to be able to say, oh yes, this is an excellent you know. Okay. So. So I think I'm probably just going to have to go with the one that I feel more well-versed in and i'm gonna go with another baseball movie i'm gonna oh. go with major league oh okay i thought you were okay good i, I have another baseball movie i thought you were gonna pick go ahead talk about major well, league what did you think i was gonna pick Moneyball. oh yeah yeah 
I love no, that's it. That's a good one. That's I just, a good one. I just watched that about a month or two ago, just kind of randomly. I was in the mood yeah. for it, and I just loved it. But yeah, go no, it's a great movie. It's a great yeah, movie. Let's talk about no, Major League. Major Major League. Uh, I want to say somewhere around 1989. Um, it's a movie about the Cleveland Indians, which is a real life baseball team, and their owner decides that she wants to relocate the team to Miami, and in order to do so. In order to get out of their contract with the city, the the team has to have attendance below a certain threshold. So she intentionally creates uh, horrible conditions and obligates them to put together a team that is so bad that hopefully they will uh, turn off all the fans. And and that's that's the plot. So it's it's this ragtag bunch of has beens, never wers, and random wild card personalities that come together and of course you know they're much better than than advertised Mm -hmm. um charlie sheen long before the the peak of his his public craziness uh plays an ex-con who who gets brought out of out of the local penitentiary a penitentiary to be a uh uh the pitcher uh, Tom Berenger is the catcher who's at the end of his career and he's got a couple of bad knees and he's the one who kind of handles the love interest. It's uh, Rene Russo uh, plays his kind of ex-girlfriend. He's still trying to win over and you got Corbin Burnson is kind of the, the uppity uh, soft uh, he's the shortstop who, who doesn't want to, <laughs> who doesn't want to dive for, for, uh, uh, for balls. And then the one that I, that I love, that's just so funny now is uh and now i'm forgetting the actor's name he played david palmer in 24 the president oh and it's he uh, dennis Hay- Haber? Haysburg. Haysburg. Yeah. yeah so he plays a small supporting role uh pedro serrano i think is the name of the character i can't believe i remember some of these weird details um and it's like, like I said, so it's a good 10 years plus before he kind of had his breakout in, in 24, but that's, that's him. And he's playing this, uh, I, I want to say he's from Cuba. And so like the idea is that, you know, his, his locker is full of, he's got all these kind of voodoo charms and stuff like that. And so it's, <laughs> I mean, this one, this one is, you know, the polar opposite of the natural. There's nothing nostalgic uh-huh. you know, about it. But it's it's a fun, fun, crazy movie. Um, I think of all the ones we've brought up, this might be the only one that's rated R. It does have some some salty language. Um, that's most of it. I think there's a little bit of sexual content, but it's it's mostly just you know for profanity um, and and some vulgar jokes. It's it's not just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know it's weird i don't Sorry. think i've seen this movie you've never seen major league i don't think so yeah i i think it's funny your last two picks weren't even on my radar and and i have about yeah. 10 more that i i had to just well overlook, i've but. got i've got family in cleveland and so we're always oh, going to okay. have kind of a soft spot for anything that's cleveland related cleveland in fact related. draft draft day was another movie that i yeah. wasn't really going to be on my top list but is another kind of a good sports movie and another Kevin Costner movie. Look at Kevin Costner and all the sports movies. Oh yeah, he also did but, that uh, golf golf movie too, huh? Yeah, was it? Well, now 
so who was in for the love of the game? I thought that was Kevin Costner, wasn't was it? Was that him? Yeah. Was, wasn't he a pitcher? Or was Wait that a, a minute. Oh, no, Tin Cup. No, no, you're right. Tin... The Love of the Game is a, is a baseball movie, and Tin Cup is a yeah. golf movie. Yeah, I think there he was go. in both of those. There we go. He no golf a... movies on our list. No golf Well, movies. we didn't do Happy Gilmore. See, this no. is where, where I was oh. going to get into, like, <laughs> should I just choose a straight-up comedy? Because I didn't. And, and, you know, I mean, Dodgeball made me laugh. Oh, yeah, like crazy. I forgot about Dodgeball. Talladega Nights, you know, race car movie. Um I don't know. We didn't do like blade. Is it blades of glory? Blades of blades of glory. Yeah, there's there's a well, few that just don't quite make my list, but they're funny. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, maybe not like important well, sports movies, but they have well, a lot but, of humor. And, and there are some I would say important or at least kind of more celebrated sports movies that we didn't bring up. I mean, we didn't mention Rudy. Right. We didn't mention Chariots of Fire. We didn't yeah. mention. Uh, I mean, I think The Hustler would technically be a sports movie. Oh, yeah. I didn't um, think about that. Well, and the one that was on my list that I just don't feel like I can fully... It's not that I don't fully endorse it. It's that I don't feel like I know it well enough to be able to kind of claim it as my own is uh, Raging Bull. You know, I don't... I never really liked that movie too much. Yeah? I, I know it's considered a classic. I mean, some people have it as like, like a, you know, one of the top films ever made. I mean, forget sports, but like... Yeah. You know, like in even in, when I read Scorsese list, sometimes people will have that at one or two. You know, yeah. either Taxi Driver, Goodfellas, or Raging Bull. They're always mm-hmm. kind of number one or two. And I, I am. It's it's pretty dark. I mean, it's a you know an abusive, troubled guy. Um, it's it's a hard watch. I I do think it's interesting how De Niro. I think he's one of the first guys to do this, but he gained fifty pounds for right. the role. And it's not even a very long scene. It's just kind of the end. And it looks like a fat suit. I mean, it's crazy because he really did. He gained 50 pounds. He yeah. does not look like himself. It looks like De Niro in a fat suit. And um, and then it sort of started that trend that people have done. Like Christian Bale has either gained or lost weight for a bunch of his roles. Oh, no, almost to an unsafe degree. You know, He said he's not going to yeah. do it anymore. He's done doing that. But, well, I hope so. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah, Raging Bull is... I mean, it's definitely got its its merits, but it just yeah. yeah. Um, well, and one I was really tempted to bring up was Cool Runnings. Oh, that I... one was that's that one. You know, I I yeah. don't think I would rate it as a great sports movie, but it was certainly a fun and fond sports movie. Exactly. Yeah. I. I yeah. There's a lot of funny. Yeah. Sanka, you did, man. I remember some of the lines <laughs> in that from when I saw it and. And of course, John Candy was yeah, in that. Yeah, John Candy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, a few others that I didn't, we didn't mention were the Mighty Ducks. Um, oh yeah, that was a great I never one. actually saw any of those. You didn't? Okay, I no. saw. I saw the. I remember seeing the original and and quite enjoying it. Um, Creed, of course, the from twenty fifteen. Right. right. Uh, you did mention Brian's song. That's worth seeing. Uh, that's a TV movie that came out in seventy one. That is, it's quite. It's sad, but you know, it's it's a cool cool story yeah. um and invincible have you ever seen invincible oh yeah no in- yeah. invincible is on my list it just didn't make my my top tier list that was a fun one with mark Wahlberg as the and this was you know based on the true story of the guy who basically was a walk-on for the philadelphia eagles back in the 70s yep vince papale yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i like that um and then another one that i think i maybe i'm just a stand for this movie but rocky four i know you said rocky three but 
Uh, man, I love better, Rocky man. Four. Better. <laughs> I, I mean, just the whole Russia versus U.S. and Drago. I mean, um, I think I need to watch two and three uh, of of those that series. Yeah. It's uh, but well, yeah. I mean, I think that four is much more of the cultural touchstone mm-hmm. because of the whole Cold War thing that's going yeah. on, and and Drago is such a such a great villain, mm-hmm. you know. I, you know, just, just perfect, but I am always going to have such a soft spot for Rocky three because I mean, for one thing, the opening scene with Hulk Hogan inspired the band name that I've tried to use multiple times. Atomic. My, my, my yeah. quote, my quote unquote rock music career. Yeah. Um, but then Mr. T is so awesome as Clubber Lang, especially in like the ceremony when they're at the statue at the top of the library steps and, and Mr. T is in the crowd and he starts taunting Rocky and starts hitting on Adrian in front oh of everybody and start, cause it's, and this is, this is why I say there is such a different vibe with the sequels than the original movie, because the original movie is very, very sincere, very serious, very dramatic very poignant and the sequels still kind of have a lot of that fun underdog, you know, raw, raw quality, but they're also just hammy enough that like, you really can't take them seriously, seriously. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just, even if they want you to, it's just not on the same level, mm-hmm. but, and, and for that, like, you know, Mr. T does such an awesome job in that one. But uh, so, yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't argue that. I, I think that in terms of trying to project a sports movie onto the international stage, you know, Rocky four is probably going to be the one that people remember the most, but, but, huh. but three is the one three is my, my go-to if, if you have to go outside of the first one, which, you know, do you really have to, I mean, that, that first movie is so good. i I mean, you should. Do you remember um, Danny did a did a report on all, all the whole Rocky franchise, right? Yeah, did she yeah, study right. all of them she, last year? She watched them all. Yeah. Um, so they're they're definitely all good. It's not like one of these franchises where it's like there there's one good movie and then just a bunch of crap, you know, like Jaws or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like no, they're yeah, they're good, they're but they're really just good. good in a different way. That's yeah. that's why I say it's like it's almost like a separate series mm-hmm. you know they're fun but they I, you know it's a different animal it's a different animal um now so so one that you know a couple of more recent ones just to maybe throw some stuff out that people haven't seen because we you know kind of stayed with some pretty well-known ones um eddie the eagle was kind of fun a few years ago when it was a kind of based on the true story about the the british ski jumper mm-hmm. um who was wanted to be in the olympics and then uh, i really enjoyed fighting with my family uh, which is the one of the first movies I saw uh, Florence Pugh in. She oh, plays okay. a uh, uh, young woman who is, you know, her family is kind of like semi-pro wrestlers, and 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 she, you know, has to kind of fight her way into because I, I think this is based on a real character who actually became like a. I I honestly don't know the names of the leagues anymore. Like it was WWF when I was a kid, and I think it's WWE, and there's a few of them now, but. Yeah. So it's kind of a uh, a uh, pro wrestling story, and then there's the wrestler, the one with. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot about that you know, one. But 
Yeah, so I, I like lots, the of, lots of good ones to choose from. Yeah, I forgot about The Wrestler. There's The Wrestler and The Fighter, which is a Christian uh-huh. Bell one, but The Wrestler was... That was a Darren Aronofsky movie that was pretty powerful. Um, it, it's a kind, yeah, it's a father and a daughter reconnecting kind of movie, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah. I think it was a kind of a big comeback for Mickey Rourke too. Um, oh yeah, that's I, I that's yeah. kind of the way I remember that one is that that was kind of his, you know, yeah. getting back into his former glory, kind of an echo of the character, I guess, was maybe why it made it so poignant. But I mean, well. Go- yeah, and going back to Moneyball really quick, I we didn't we did kind of mention it, but I'm just yeah. such a sucker for Sorkin screenplays <laughs> for his dialogue. I I mean, because it's it, I think, I mean the subject is probably not super interesting to some people because it's about well, sabermetrics. So. But that's right. how I feel about the Social Network. I remember when the Social Network came out, and I was like, "What? It's a computer movie about Facebook?" It seems so uninteresting to me. Like I just yeah. thought this is going to just be boring, and it mm-hmm. turned out to be one of the most fascinating, compelling movies I've seen. Um, and yeah. that's how Moneyball is. It's just such a the twists and turns in it, and everything that because he looks so crazy, Billy Bean, what he's trying to do, and you know, people just don't go along with it, and except for Jonah Hill, who, who's kind of his, the, you know, the guy that he steals from the other club. Um, yeah. And uh, it's just, it's so fun, you know, and uh, yeah, I recommend that one for people. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Lots to choose from when it comes yep. to sports movies. I think uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is one of our stronger drafts. I, I mean, think so too. Just like the, the available, you know, the movies, this kind of the range and just the quality. Mm-hmm. This is some good stuff. This is some good stuff. So if you've been holding back on giving us a, a positive, like a like a four or five star rating, whatever the top star rating is on iTunes or or Spotify or wherever you're listening to the Utah Film Pod, I think you have this. This is the time. This is the time to click that button and uh, be sure to uh, follow us if you haven't already. In the meantime, thanks again, and we'll see you next time.